Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ, a podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Southerton, Pennsylvania, dedicated to connecting the liturgical and spiritual life of the Orthodox parish with the life of the Orthodox home, presenting the weekly homilies of our parish pastors, Father Noah Buscelli and Father James Thayer, as well as discussions of the liturgical year and Orthodox life and practice by Justin Bowl and Jeff Hyatt. Now here is Father Noah Buscelli. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. This is the day which the Lord has made. This week we are celebrating the exaltation or elevation, raising up of the Holy Cross, which happened in the fourth century. The true cross was found and brought to the patriarch of Jerusalem who raised it up for uh, that holy city to rejoice in God's saving work. And now that cross has been stolen a couple times in history and recovered and has been broken up into uh, little pieces and it's all over the world now. And yet our Lord, when he said, he who would be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me, was using the word cross as a metaphor rather than as referring to the precious and life-giving wood upon which our salvation was wrought. And I want to consider this notion of the cross as a metaphor with you. And I want you to ask yourself here quietly, what is your cross? What are your crosses? What are the difficult things in life that God has called you to deny yourself and take up so that you can follow Christ and be his disciple? And I would like to help you answer that question by taking you for a bit of my recent pilgrimage to Lebanon because I saw a lot of beautiful crosses, both physical and metaphorical. I visited ten monasteries in eight days, plus a lot of other beautiful uh, natural beauty sites. And at a couple of the monasteries, the bishop and the, the archimandrite had arranged for us to have a meeting. And the bishop brought, us, brought, brought me there and Father David because he wanted to encourage his people that there is orthodoxy alive and kicking even in America. And I told my story many times and asked, answered questions about orthodoxy at large and in terms of relationship with Roman Catholicism and Protestantism. And in one of these meetings, there was a little bit of time for me and for Father David, who traveled with me, to ask some questions. And I I asked uh, the abbess of this monastery of St. Jacob of Hamatura, beautiful monastery with about 30 nuns, almost all of which are below the age of 30, bright, joyful, dedicated, intelligent young women who have decided to be married to Christ and not married to a mortal. I asked the abbess, how can you live together in peace, so many of you, one big family, 
And the answer was a laugh. And she said, I hope God hears you <laughs> because we don't live together in that much peace. Peace reigns, but it's always a fight for peace. Peace reigns, and yet we always have to recapture it. But she said, we do eventually come back to peace because we have humility and we have unity in Christ and unity in the abbot or the abbess of the monastery. And we set aside our own opinions for the sake of the family. Maybe that's a cross that we all bear. Another cross I want to tell you about the monk Isaac. He was given the name Isaac because he loved Saint Isaac of Syria, one of the great and poetic fathers of our church. And I got to the monastery, this is the monastery in Biskinta, south of Beirut, but in the mountains. And the mountains reminded me of Northern California. I, I felt when I was driving into that valley, I thought I was driving into Yosemite Valley. On a smaller scale, but still majestic. And somehow I, I put my stuff in the room, and then I locked myself out. These, the, doors, the doors there are beautiful. They're, they're all solid wood, and they're, they're made in such a way that you can't break into them either. So I left the key on the inside of the lock, in the lock. And I, I couldn't get back in. I told the guest master, this Father Isaac, he said, oh, but he, he wasn't upset. He said, oh, yes. And then he went quickly and he, he grabbed a ladder and climbed onto the roof and tried to get into my room from the roof, but the, door, the, the window was locked. <laughs> he said, don't worry, I've fallen out of trees before and broke my ribs, I'll be okay. So he came back from the ladder. He said, we'll leave the ladder there just in case we need it. Went in and above the door there's like a vent. It's a window with a screen. I've seen it all over. Eastern Mediterranean. I don't know if it's all over the Mediterranean. And he climbed on my shoulders and scooted himself up through that little vent, one leg first. And then as he was going down, he said, bye-bye. <laughs> and he landed on his feet. Thank God he landed on his feet. He didn't break his ribs again. He opened the door. He said, next time, just leave the key <laughs> on the outside of the door. But he was not upset at all. He was not disturbed. There was not annoyance. I can just imagine if, if that happened in my house with one of my kids. <laughs> I can't imagine. And so I asked him, Father, I want to ask you some questions. Can we, can we meet before we leave? And he, he set aside some time. I said, you know, how do you stay calm in the midst of the trials? You know, you live with these 10 or 12 other uh, monks as brothers, and you want to be alone with God, and yet you're surrounded by each other, bumping into each other and having to unlock doors, all of these things. He said, my secret is, I love St. Isaac, a Syrian, and I read a, a page or two of his writings every day besides reading the scriptures, besides everything else. I read a page or two of his writings every day, 
and I chew on one idea all day long. I just roll it over in my mind. I let it illumine my soul. I try to use it in my speech. And when I start to get disturbed by something, I go back to that idea very quickly. And one of the ideas that he had been chewing on lately that came up in the conversation was the fact that in Psalm 50, 51, says, my sins are ever before me. And he said, you know what I started to do is to meditate on my sins, not in a pathological, beat myself up way, but in a prayerful, God help me overcome these way. And he said he has a whiteboard in his cell, and every day he, he writes his list of sins. Sometimes he erases some, sometimes he adds to some, and before he leaves his cell every morning, he prays, God, help me not do this again. Help me get over this. And at the end of the day, he prays, Lord, forgive me for falling into this sin again. Forgive me for getting upset. Thank you for preserving me from this sin. So he always has something beautiful, and he always has repentance in the forefront of his mind. And therefore, he can pick up any cross with joy. So leaving that monastery, I think that was my favorite place in Lebanon, the, the monastery in Baskinta, which the monastery was the parish church for the people in that town. There was a church at the bottom of the hill, or near the road, and the people came to church there. And it was so sweet to see the monks and the parents and the children all chanting together around one chanter stand, 20 or so people chanting. Uh, but we had to leave that monastery and go back to the city. And I want to tell you that Tripoli is a is a crowded, smoggy, dirty city. And I really didn't like it there because it, I sweated constantly. I could, you could see the smog seeping. I loved it, but it wasn't my favorite place. Thinking of taking up the cross, though, Metropolitan Ephrem, who visited us last fall and who invited me on this trip, and his assistant, Father Parthenios, they left that beautiful mountain paradise of Biskinta to go live in the city. He left his abbacy of that monastery to become the bishop, metropolitan of Tripoli. He left the peace and the joy, the rocks, the sound of birds, the fresh fruit. I had an apple that had red meat, not just red skin, but red meat. He left so much to take up the cross of Episcopal ministry. When they consecrated him a bishop, the people from Biskinta came, and they came with rice in their hands. And as he was uh, being enthroned, they threw rice at him. Like a wedding, they threw rice at him. said the church was an absolute mess. They loved him so much. They were so happy, so proud, so thankful for him. But what did he leave? He left that mountain paradise into 
this smoggy city where every day, three or four times a day, starting at 4.45 in the morning, there is the Muslim call to prayer, loud broadcasted over the city. What a cross to bear to know that you are a subdued people. What a cross to bear to leave, you know, the, the freedom of the mountains to come down to the city to shepherd and feed and guide God's people. So finally, the real reason I was there, I think, was to be the sponsor of this Father Parthenios in elevation as an Archimandrite. He wanted me to be there to pray, to put my hand on his shoulder, bring him in front of the people, of course, to talk to clergy and monasteries and seminarians and their pastoral center. But Father Parthenios was a simple monk who eventually was ordained a priest and was a hierarch monk. But as an Archimandrite, he's on his way to becoming a bishop. And they gave him a cross. In fact, he got five or ten different crosses from different friends and admirers, I guess, supporters. And the bishop, in his, in his uh, sermon, after making him an Archimandrite, said, we can't live off of the praise of people, the love of people. We have to live off the praise and the love of God. You know, we have to, we have to love each other. We have to try to please each other. But truly, we have to try to please God. He was speaking to Father Parthenios as his ministry was being elevated. But he was speaking to all of us that when you take up your cross, his cross was a fancy gold cross, when you take up your cross, you are denying yourself. And as a priest, as a monk, you're taking on the sins of the world, not just your own sins. Denying yourself, taking on the sins of the world, and then following Christ into death, but through death into life. So with this little snippet of my pilgrimage, I want to ask you again, what are your crosses? How can you bear them more faithfully, more joyfully? How can you bear them more Christ-like so that it does not lead to confusion but resurrection? So we can say with St. Paul, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen.